series called Made For More. Made For More. And we've learned a couple things thus far in the last few weeks. And I want to catch you up really, really quick. Uh, but before I do that, I want to let you know that next Saturday night is our night of worship. It's going to happen right in here. You don't want to miss it. We're going to come and we're going to worship all that God has done over the last 21 days at, at our church. And so uh, we hope that you'll come here. We hope that you'll be a part of that night of worship. It's going to be awesome. It's at 7 o'clock. It'll be a quick hour, and we're going to worship like it's no one's business, like it's 1999, and we're going to have a good time. Um, I've been walking around with this 21, a day, 21 days of prayer guide for the last uh, two weeks, and I'm going to carry it around this week. But inside, I wrote down some prayer requests that you guys have been turning in. And if you have a prayer request, we want to pray for you. Uh, we want to pray. You can email us your prayer request at 21days, 21days at hopewintergarden.com. We want to pray for you. We want to believe with you. And uh, there's people that are praying for, for cancer. They're praying for health. They're praying for relationships. They're praying for job transitions and all kinds of things. And we're bringing those to God every single week. And so I want to encourage you. Let us know. We want to join in with you. I believe this. Josh prayed this over our church today, but I believe that God's favor is on this church. I believe that. You want to be at a church where God's favor is on, on the church. I just believe there's, there's, a, there's a favor that's happening in our church. And so if, you need a, if, you have, if you're asking God for something, let us pray for you. Let us pray with you. We believe that God can do things. God can change things, change things to, through prayer. And so we believe that his favor is on our church. And um, we want to make sure we keep on asking God for that favor. And so would you pray with us also? He'll continue to keep that favor on this church and on us as a community. So please, please, please be here next week. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be an awesome, awesome, awesome time. And so that's our 21 days, um, 21 days. And then last week we finished up our next steps, our week two of next steps. We had a great crowd last week or this, this month. We've had over 17 people go through it, either step one and step two or step two and not step one. But we're just believing if you want to be a part of all that God has going on here, let us know. We would love to partner with you. And we'd love for you to be a part of all that God is doing here with us as a church. I'm going to convince you over the next two more weeks I've got now that you were made for more. I've tried for two weeks. I've got two more weeks. Today's, today's the day, and then next week is, is the last week. But I want you to know that you were made to know God. If you were made for more, you need to know that you were made, you were made to know God. You, inside you, there's an emptiness inside of you. You don't know what it is. You, unless the emptiness is gone, but now you know that the emptiness inside of you, it's, it's the desire to know who God is. Every single one of us, you want to know your, you want to know your creator. You want to know, if, when you see creation, creation always wants to know who its, who its creator is, and our creator is God. You were made to know who God is. God wants you to know who he is. The Bible says if you seek him, you will find him. If you knock, he's in open door. If you ask for him, he's right there. He isn't hiding from you. That's the good news about our God. God is not hiding from you. You were made to know him, number one. And number two, you were made to find freedom. You were made to find freedom. God wants you to find freedom. I know a lot of people who know God, but they don't have a lot of freedom. God wants you to know. The Bible says in John chapter 6, if the Son has set you free, then you are for sure free. You are indeed free, the scriptures say. If he set you free, then you're free. God has made you to find freedom. He wants you to have freedom in your life. He wants you to have freedom in your finances. He wants you to have freedom in your relationships. He wants you to have freedom in your walk. He wants you to have freedom in your talk. He wants you to have freedom from addiction. God wants you to find freedom. And that can only be found, can only be found in him. And so he wants us to know him and he wants us to find freedom. And we're gonna transition to one more of our vision statements today. We're gonna trans, trans, um, transition to this idea of discover purpose. He wants you to know him, he wants you to find freedom, and he wants you to discover the purpose. I know a lot of people, they know who God is, they don't have a lot of freedom, or maybe they have some freedom, but they have no idea 
what their purpose is in life. And I thought to myself this week as I was preparing for this, what a shame it would be to go our whole entire life and never ever discover, never discover purpose. To never ever figure out what you were meant to do in life. When you were young, how many of you guys here today, when you were young, you, you wanted to be a police officer when you were young? When you were like, I want to be a police officer. Anybody like that say, cool, nobody. Okay, one person. How many of you guys ever want to be a fireman? you like, man, I want, to be a, I want to be a fireman. And anybody when they were young said, man, I want to be a teacher? That's probably less hands. A few of you guys, your hands went up. Maybe, maybe less of you guys. But what happens is we get older, and what happens is that most of us, we never, ever are firemen. We want to be a fireman because, let's be honest, it looks cool. That truck looks awesome. All those lights going around, um, and you, it just looks cool. So you're like, man, I want to be a fireman. Or if you're young, you're like, man, I want to be a cop. Every, if you've ever wanted to be a cop, you're like, man, they carry guns. What kind of job, what little boy doesn't say, man, I want to be a, I want to be a cop. They get to, I want to, they get to carry a gun, like, and not get in trouble for it, you know, like, like let's be, or maybe you wanted to be, maybe in your day, you wanted to be a nurse, I mean, I, I really want to be a nurse, and I don't know why anyone would, would want to do that, because I'm afraid of blood, so I, don't, I couldn't do that, but for some of you guys, like, I mean, I want to be a nurse, you see a lot of these costumes we see here, maybe some of you guys in here tell you, like, I don't want to be a fireman, I don't want to be a police officer, I don't want to be a nurse, some of you guys in your day, you really thought you were going to be one of the Power Rangers, that's what you're like, you're like, I'm, yes, some of you guys raise your hand. I didn't even ask you to raise your hand. You're like, yes, I'm the red Power Ranger. Yes, that's me. You're like, me, 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 me. You're the yellow Power Ranger, you know, the green one. And so it's so weird to me that TV shows that were so popular when I was a kid are now back. My kids are like, Dad, I'm the red Power Ranger. And my son always wants to fight now. He believes that he's a Power Ranger. And uh, maybe you're like, you're going, you're like, I want, to, I want to be the pink Power Ranger. Maybe you want to be super, Superwoman. Like that, that was your goal in life. Or maybe it was Batman or maybe it was Superman. Maybe yours was Spider-Man. Everybody wants to, what happens, but we get older, right? And we quit dreaming. And we, we quit dreaming. We quit, we quit desiring to be the thing that we once saw that we thought, man, I want to be that. Man, that looks so cool. Or man, that seems like something that I would really like to do. And we quit dreaming. We, quit, we, we grow up and we quit finding what we really were meant to be. We realize when you get older that things change and, and things are different. And what happens is we get these, we, we go into life and we just exist. And we exist one day and then we go two days and we exist two days and then we exist seven days. And then we exist for two weeks. And then we exist for months. And then we exist for years. And what happens is we get to the very end of our life and all we ever did was just exist. And I would beg you today to not go the rest of your life with just existing. There's a couple, of, uh, a couple of young people in the scriptures today or a couple of people in the scripture that I would like to use as an example today for discovering, for discovering purpose today. So if you have a Bible, turn over to Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14. If you don't have the Bible, we're gonna put it up there. We used to say this all the time. If you don't own a Bible, you can grab one on the way out and say, we want you to have a Bible. What kind of church doesn't give out the word of God? You know what I'm saying? We give a lot of things, but we wanna make sure that we give out, we wanna make sure that we give out the word of God. And so if you don't have a Bible, we'd love for you to have one. You can download it on your, on your phone, um, on any kind of device. Where did my phone go? You can, oh, it's in here. I know you, you, can divide, you can download it on any kind of device today. It can be on your computer screen. It can be on your phone screen. It can be on, a, on an iPad or whatever it is that you use. If you use Android or whatever they're called, you can use that, download on that as well. But we want you to have the word of God. Some of you guys are like, shots fired. <laughs> we want you to have the word of God. I do think that Jesus uses an iPhone. That's what I think. I can't find the scripture for it, but that's just what I think, okay? And so if I'm wrong, it's okay. It's just, my, that's what I think. And so Matthew chapter 25 is a, is, a, is a passage of scripture. You probably have heard it before. And, um, and if you haven't heard of it before, I'm gonna walk it through with you. I'm gonna walk it out with you. Now walk it out, now walk it out. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, the Bible says again, again, Jesus is teaching. He goes, hey guys, again, Whenever you see words like again or therefore, you can go back previously and figure out what it's there for. And so he says the word again because he's going to say, again, guys, I'm going to teach you about the kingdom of God. 
Now, I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you here today. I want to get you ready for the kingdom of God. That's what we want to do. We, we, man, the most ultimate breakthrough is going to be the day when we break through to heaven. We want to have breakthrough while we're here on this earth, though, that when we break through to heaven, it isn't going to freak us out that much. We want to have breakthrough in our life that when we get to heaven, when we get there, it's not going to shock us. And so we believe, we want, to get, we want to get used to miracles on this earth because when we get to heaven, we're going to realize the greatest miracle ever, we're going to see him when we first get, when we get there. Jesus resurrecting from dead, the greatest miracle ever. So we want to sing about the miracles. We want to sing about the kingdom of God. We want to sing about breakthrough. We want to sing about freedom because that's what's going to happen when we get to heaven. You guys okay with that? I'm excited about that. That's encouraging to me that we're going to have breakthrough. We're going to break through the gates of heaven one day. I'm excited about that. So he says, hey, guys, I'm talking about the kingdom of God. And it can be illustrated by a story of a man going on a long, on a long trip. He called together his servants and he entrusted some money to them while he was gone. I'm going to leave. I'm going to let you guys be responsible for all of my, all of my stuff, okay? I want you to keep care of the house, run the business. He set up a CFO and a CEO, and he said, hey, you guys are going to run my estates. You're going to be the head manager at my house, and you guys are going to run everything. I'm going to be gone. Here's some money to take care of all the responsibilities. Don't forget to pay the power bill. Don't forget to pay the water bill, and don't forget to pay the internet bill, which if you have Spectrum, I'm not even exactly sure why we pay for the internet bill. And so I, I, I used to see all these people complain on, complain on, on rants, raves, and reviews, and I'm like, you guys are all negative Nancys. But now I'm realizing I have people come to my house like, bro, your internet speed is awesome when it works. When it doesn't work, <laughs> it doesn't work. And I'm like, man, now I see why all these people are complaining about the, their cable, their internet provider. Because I want to make sure you guys pay all the bills. I want to make sure you guys take care of everything while I'm gone. So he lines the guys up and he says to the guys, <clears throat> first guy, he gave five bags of silver to, you, to this one guy. And he gives two bags of silver to another guy. And he gives one bag of silver to the last guy. And he divided it up in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. And what I want to encourage you in here today, that every single one of you in here today, and you've never heard this before today, here, here it is for you today. And hang on to it. You might want to write this down. You might want to take a picture of it. Maybe you want to tattoo it. You're a 10 at something. You're a 10 at something. You're like, man, no one's called me a 10 in a long time. That feels good. I know I like this shirt. The pastor called me a 10. You're a 10 at something. I'm a 10 at something. You're not a 10 at everything. Some of you guys in here today, you're a 10 at, at business. You have, God's given you a great mind for business. You're a 10 at you're a 10 at that. Some of you guys, you're, you're a 10 at, you are, you know, you are, you have maternal instincts like a ninja. You're a 10 at that. You all have a gift. Some of you guys, you're, you're a brain. Your, your brain works really, really good. I'm, I know I'm not a 10 at that because my brain does not work that well. You're a 10. You're a 10 at something. Everyone's a 10 at something. So he goes, hey guys, I want to give you some things and it's proportioned to your ability. And every one of you guys are a 10 at something. The thing is that most people never, ever figure out what they're a 10 and they never discover their purpose. They just do, they just, they live marginal lives because they didn't know they were created for more. And so they just go, they just kind of exist their whole entire life. And so he gives the one five, the one two, and the one. And the, the one guy, he gave him just one. I can relate with that guy with just one, one ability. Verse 16, the servant who received the five bags of silver he began to go out and be responsible with it. He went, he, this guy went out and went and do what he thought he, what he, what he could go and do. So he began to invest the money 
and he earned five more. So he doubled the, the responsibility or he doubled the investment that the owner gave him. Again, by, by the way, in case we missed this, Jesus is teaching this story. And where he went, he's going to a place called heaven. This is a parable. He's going to a place called heaven, and he's leaving you and I behind with abilities and talents. So don't think this is about a guy going on vacation. This is about you and I. And you and I are the five, or we're the two, or we're the one. And we can all fit in with one of these characters in this passage of Scripture. There's one character that we can't fit in with, and his name is Jesus. He's going on a trip. He's going to a place called heaven. He's preparing rooms for us. He told the disciples, guys, don't be worried. I'm going to prepare some rooms for you guys. And when the rooms are ready, I'm going to come and get you. He's going to come back and get us. We believe at our church, at this church, we believe in a second coming of Jesus Christ. So verse 16, he says here, the first who received the five bags of silver, he began to invest the money and he earned the money, earned more. The servant went two bags of silver. He went to work and he earned Two more, but, but, there's always a but, but the servant who received the one bag of silver, he dug a hole in the ground and he hid the master's money. He had a good reason for that. So he thought, and the only way for us to find out is to continue to read. Verse 19, he says this, after a long time, everybody say long time, long time. He says, after a long time, the master returns from his trip and he called them to give an account of how they used the money. Now to you and I, it seems like God is going away for a long time. But I want to encourage you today, if you live this thing we call life, you'll realize that James chapter 4 tells us life is but a vapor. It's here today and life is gone tomorrow. It's like the steam when you open up the shower and the steam comes rushing out of the shower and it fogs the mirror. The mirror stays foggy for a little bit, but then it goes away. Or if you get in your car and it, the, 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 the windshield is, is all fogged up, then you turn your heat on and the heat begins to, to make that, that fog dissipate or you roll your windows down and the, that vapor or that film on the screen, it begins to go away. Our life is so short. I wanna convince you today that your life is short. Your life is super short. And every single one of you, when you die one day, there'll be a, there'll be a, there'll be a, you'll have a tombstone or some sort of thing. And there'll be four numbers and there'll be a little dash and there'll be four numbers. The numbers don't really matter. What matters the most is the little dash between the four, between the four set, the, the two sets of numbers. Your life is short. James chapter four tells us that. But a long time, it felt like a long time that the master had been gone, but he now comes back. And he, he returns and he says, hey guys, what did you do? The servant he, who he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more bags and said, master, you gave me bags, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. Go you, overachiever. Verse 21, the master was said, awesome. I'm so proud of you. The phrases he used, he goes, man, well done. My good and faithful servant, you have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. If you have a Bible today, I want you to circle the word faithful or underline the word faithful. Faithfulness is not a thing that's a cultural, cultural norm today. Quitting early, shortcuts, not hanging in, long term. That is, the, that is the norm. Faithfulness is not something that you talk about. For the last five or six weeks, I've said every single week, 
with, um, with Chase right here. And the thing we talk about, it always comes up is the word faithful. Faithful, faithful. Every single time we have a conversation, the word faithful comes up over and over and over and over again. And I think the word faithful is important because it's important to Jesus. It's important to Jesus because he goes, man, well done. He didn't say, well done, you are so stinking talented. Well done, dude, you are mad gifted. Well done, dude, you are, you are incredible. At, you, are God, you are God's gift to creation. He says, well done, you were faithful. Well done, dude, you were faithful. I know so many people, they never ever use their gifts long enough for someone to say, man, you've been faithful. I was talking to a guy here that works here at the YMC. He goes, man, my son wants to be a youth pastor. I said, really? I said, where does he go to church now? Oh, he doesn't go anywhere. I said, you'll never be something if you don't start doing it today. Start being it today. I said, he needs to get plugged into a church. That's what I said to him. That's what I said to everybody. You need, he needs to get to church and begin to become faithful. Because when you're faithful, God can say, well done. You were faithful. Let's see what happens to the next guy. Next guy, um, he, verse 22, the servant who had received two bags of silver, he came forward and said, Master, you gave to me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. I doubled the, I doubled, I doubled the investment. If you're, in here, if you're in here today and you invest, you would love to double your investment. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, let's go. Some of you guys, I have friends of mine, they play the, they play the stock market. Things you'll never hear is, I doubled my investment. If you could double your investment, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be awesome? I know about doubling my investment because my last, Diana's last pregnancy was twins. We doubled, I doubled my investment. You know what I'm saying? Same amount of work, but double investment, double investment. He says here, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. It's just this guy here, he goes, man, good job, you're faithful. We're, guy number two, he goes, dude, you handled this small amount. Some of us think we have to go out there and conquer the world. We have to go out and conquer the world. My friend Barry's here and he trains people. Training is awesome. But when you're a trainer, when you're a trainer, you're doubly judged. You're double for how you live your life. You're judged for how you live your life or you're accountable for how you live your life. But you're accountable for how you help other people live their life. I'm not accountable for just my life. I'm accountable for the way my, my kids live their life, my wife lives their life. And I'm accountable for the way you live your life. I'm accountable for what I say. On the, on, I, I have to be faithful. I have to be faithful. I got a friend request. Uh, I, got a, I got a reminder today. I, I've been friends with Tyler Ponce for 12 years. For 12 years, I've been faithful in this young man's life. For 12 years. I, I texted um, Emily this week. Emily, I, Emily is here today. And I, I think Emily's here today because I was Emily's youth pastor. I was Emily's sister, her sister, Marissa. I was Marissa's youth pastor from 2007, eight-ish for four or five years. I was faithful. I was faithful. I think that her and her husband are here and they're, and they're trusting us with their little son. I think they're here because I was faithful 12 years ago or 11 years ago. And God began to do something, be faithful. And I, I, the seeds of faithfulness, God reward. There's a double, there's a, there's a double reward. There's a, there's a double accountability. There's double the opportunity. I was faithful. 
I think you and I, we have to be faithful. I tell our team all the time, you know, I think God allowed me to start this church. I was faithful at the same house for eight years in, across town. Before that, I was faithful at the same exact house, same exact church house for three and a half, three and a half years. I meet so many people, they come like, man, I want to go do this, I want to do this. I'm like, yeah, you can do that, but you'll never, ever do it unless you're faithful. Because what we're doing today, it's a long-term investment. What we're doing at Hope Church, it's a long term. You don't just roll your, you don't just pack up. Lee left Key West and his wife left West. You don't come up and say, I hope this works. You come up, you, you drive up all the way up the state and you say, we're gonna do something that hopefully it's gonna last forever. And when you invest in people, it's for, it's for eternity. So you go say, hey, the guy with five, dude, well done, you were faithful. The guy with, with guy two goes, you were faithful with a small amount. You, it may feel like a big amount, you may feel like serving is a big amount, but it really is just a small amount. I, well, last week or this past week in our study, going through our 21 days of prayer, God said to Abraham, Abraham, can you count the stars? And Abraham looked up and he says, no, I can't. And God says, good, I want you to know you're gonna have that many descendants. If, God if, if Abraham could have counted the stars, Abraham probably said, God, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in discovering my purpose. I'm not interested. Get somebody else. Get somebody else. But he goes, you see those stars? You're going to have that many descendants. And I believe here today we're descendants. We're here. We're descendants of Abraham. Verse 23, the Bible says this. Let's keep on reading. <clears throat> or let me go to 24. After that, he goes, after, uh, let me, verse 23 is an important part because we, we missed this in Dynasty today, but I want to make sure you get it. Because I think some people think Christians are supposed to walk around and just re read our Bible and pray all day, which we can do that. And it's, it's important, and I'm down with that, and we, and we ought to do it, okay? I believe in community groups. I believe out of community groups, we should go into smaller tables, and we should have more biblical conversations like I do and like some of you guys do in here today. And, and, but here, this is important. You, you might want to write this in your Bible. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's have a party. Let's have a party. We ought to party better. Do you know what I'm saying? That's just a freebie. We ought to laugh. We ought to joke. We ought to, we ought to, we ought to have a good time. Song of Solomon said this. We ought to eat, drink, and be merry. We ought to have a good time together. We ought to go laugh and enjoy life together. Not just come to church and sit and watch me teach and sing songs that are encouraging, inspiring, and then leave here and never, ever get together throughout the week. That's my, that's my interpretation of the scripture, okay? So, verse 24. Um, I'm like, I have a little caveat. Because this fast, I'm like, I'm, my, my calendar is, is booking up for meals. Like, you're like, yo, we gotta get dinner. I'm like, yo, we're not gonna get dinner while I'm on a fast. <laughs> Some of our friends took us, we went out to eat this past week, and I'm like, where are we going? I was like, Diana, what am I going to get on the menu? They've got one menu for you. So everywhere I'm going, people are like, oh, I mean, that's so cool. How long have you been vegan? I'm like, I'm not vegan, but 14, 14 days. People are like, oh, are you going to continue that lifestyle after the fast? No, I like steak. You know what I'm saying? That's just the honest transparency. Some of you guys are like, man, he's really doing a good job. We're so proud. I'm like, I'm going to have coffee next Sunday. When you see me next Sunday, I'll have coffee in hand. Um, so... That's just a little transparency moment. I don't want you to think I'm up here, man, this guy, he just loves Jesus. I do love Jesus. But I'm having the same thoughts about the fast that you're having. I'm not like, I'm not exempt for that. I, my kids last night, like, hey, look, dad, we took them to dinner, like, let's get some Frosties. And I'm like hoping that as I'm giving the Frosties, it's gonna spill over my hand so I can lick my fingers. You know, like that's how, that's how I really feel. You know what I'm saying? Lee, every time I walk into the gym, Lee's like, dude, how are you doing? I'm like, as your pastor, this is the best 14 days of my life. As your friend, I'm starving. And so it's going great. The guys in the gym are like, dude, you look so much better. I'm like, 
I'm starving. I'm like, what did you have for lunch today? They're like, five guys, double cheeseburger, the largest French fry they have. I'm like, that's awesome. Like, what did you have? I said, I had grass. So that's pretty much, you want to look like this? (laughs) Eat grass, but don't smoke it. Verse 23, verse 24 says this, then the servant, then the servant, then the servant with one bag of silver, he came, because we've all been given abilities and talents. He came and he said, master, I knew you were a harsh man, which if we're referring to Jesus today, and we are, problem number one, he's not a harsh man. Anyone that would allow his son to die on a cross for the sins of the world, we couldn't really call him a harsh man. I love Nelson and Jenny, but if God said to me, hey, I need you to, I need you to sacrifice your son for, for them, I'm not gonna be excited about doing that. Um, Dukes is in the back, Mr. and Mrs. Dukes, and they, they have a son named Amari, and, and, and Dukes loves his son Amari. I don't think he's gonna say, yeah, I'm gonna allow my son to die on the cross for the sins of the world. God would probably have to tie Dukes up. I don't even know that there's enough rope to tie them all down before Jesus could literally put his son up on a cross. Jesus is not a harsh man, okay? And so if you come in here today, and for some, you come from some church background where someone's fed you this idea that Jesus is harsh, we see contrary on the cross. We see contrary on the cross. So um, Jeremiah, come on up, dude, because if you don't, I need to finish this. I'm, I'm running out of time, um, <clears throat> but I'm almost done. So he says here, I knew you're a harsh man, which he's not. And I knew he was harvesting crops that he didn't plant. I wanna let you know that Jesus owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He owns everything. Everything you have, whether or not you acknowledge it or not, he owns all that you have. My kids he owns, my house he owns, my cars he owns, my life he owns. He owns everything. The next part of this verse says here, and you were, you were gathering crops that you did not cultivate. And I wanna encourage you today, if you've been faithful, it's only because of the grace of God and God is cultivating things. God is cultivating things. God is cultivating things that he put seeds in a long time ago, a long time ago. And the next verse here says, I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money, here is your money back. Verse 26 says this, but the master replied, you wicked and you lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and I gathered crops I didn't cultivate it, why didn't you at least take the money and put